0: All right, so let's make this official. The Supreme Court has three justices who care about the Constitution. And so that makes it time for, well, even more so, it's even further time for Christians and constitutionalists either build your parallel society in ours or we'll get pushed to our knees by the party. Today is, in fact, the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. It is times such as these that, I was going to say test men's souls, but let's not go full cliche. It's a beautiful line, but let's not go full cliche. I think what's going on, you're looking at the Supreme Court, is the Lord is making the path ever more narrow, which means that those of us who walk it are... Well, <laughs> they expects more from us because we're on the path. The, the extraordinary thing about this time in which we live, let me get to the Supreme Court here thing in a second. So the Supreme Court has decided to let stand a blatant act of constitutional abuse, unconstitutional COVID shot diktat uh, in the state of New York, and let that stand despite the fact that there are countless ways to object to this on a religious basis. So I'm going to go through my objections because um, there's a lot of them. And maybe this is my absence of, of really strict biblical knowledge, or, or maybe it's because I'm I read things like lawyers read things. I don't know. But to me, it's so evident that there's countless ways to object to this on a very sincere basis. And frankly, the measure of sincerity, having the government <laughs> measure sincerity, that's hilarious. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard, which I cannot laugh. You have a government that allows domestic terror groups to burn cities to the ground, parts of cities to the ground, and, and says they're peaceful. You have governments who, they every time the cameras go off, they peel the, the face diaper woke masks off of their mugs. They're going to measure sincerity. <laughs> they're, they're the measures of sincerity in people. Entities that have lost the capacity to have shame or, in fact, to be sincere about anything are the measures of sincerity. The very notion that anyone but God is the measure of sincerity, that's thats brutally, it should be funny, but it's somehow not. And, and the other aspect to this is, if you simply remove COVID from this, The scare word, and you just make this a simple common sense thing, none of this could ever last. Which is why they went through a bunch of psychological prep for this. The governments did a little test run. They did a little test run on people's psychology. They took my 4,000 people. And they did a little test run to see, well, how do we, uh, how do we manipulate people? It was a clinical trial, four thousand participants at Yale University to figure out how to emotionally manipulate people to take the injections. Now, I've shared with you on the radio show, and I haven't shared it here, but I've shared with you the little matrix they put together on how to use social shaming and fear and reward, and ultimately, if none of that works, then start punishing people, start kicking them out of society, start threatening them. That's where we're at now. We're not quite to Australia's point, but states like Washington, separate countries want to get there, but they they recruited 4,000 people. This was a government-conducted test. 7, three through 8,20. And they did, let's see, they looked at messages that appeal to guilt, anger, embarrassment, pride. Then they looked at, hey, how could we get people to go out and convince other people to take the injections? They looked at taking things away and what happens when we take things away. Personal freedom message, economic freedom message, self-interest message, community interest message, economic benefit message, guilt message, embarrassment message, anger message, trust in science message, not bravery message. All these things have come into the ads that they've run. 4,000 people. Now, remember that Bill Gates started the decade of so-called vaccines with Tony Fauci, oh, like a decade ago. And that's where we're at. You can pretend, and it is pretending, or you can choose to say, no, Todd, this is just this, you are, no, you're just barking out conspiracies. I'm not. They planned it. It's Event 201. That's real. They planned it. They rehearsed it. They put it in play. It's all the steps. It's right there. None of this is questionable. But this this point about you take COVID out of this, just remove the scare word COVID, which is just another way to say an upper respiratory virus or a flu. That's why I call it the COVID flu. Just go to common sense. Let me give you an example. You go in to a, you, you go get your car repaired and you're talking to the mechanic and the mechanic pulls your car out of the garage and you see that on the front of your car, it's got a a cloth covering on the grill of your car. Then you say to the mechanic, "Hey, I notice there's a cloth covering on the front of my car. Why is that? Well, we've got some dangerous particulate matter in the air, and so the the way to keep your car safe is to wear have this uh, this cloth covering." On the front of your car. Really? You're just discovering this now? Yes. The, the science, we, we follow the science. What about the air filter in my car? Well, you don't have one. You took the air filter out? No, we, we we view the air filter now as a theory. It's it's a theory. The air filter's a theory. Yes, it's. we've now decided it's a theory. This is exactly the case with that grifter, Fauci, and the COVID. Exactly. The grill of the car is obviously our faces. Our immune system is obviously the air filter. That man is pretending these things. In any other capacity, he'd be laughed at. My very favorite one of these. Then we'll get to the religious stuff here. My very favorite one of these. Is this astonishing statement?
1: Doctor, we are so afraid. We didn't know our daughter was allergic to peanuts. Uh, she ate peanuts at a, at a sleepover and then she couldn't
0: breathe. And they gave her an injection and now she can breathe again the EpiPan.
1: It was so frightening. We love our daughter.
0: What should we do? Well, after she recovers, give her more peanuts. That man said exactly that about teens who get myocarditis and pericarditis from the mRNA injections. Well, after the pericarditis, the heart, the sac around the heart, it reverts to its normal size. Just give them more of the same thing that caused it the first time. He said this. So in any other setting, he couldn't even practice medicine. In any other setting, uh, you know, I doc ate the shellfish, and my my tongue swelled up, looked like a looked like a puffer fish in my head, and I could not breathe. And my wife had to shove uh, one of her kitchen spoons in my mouth so I could breathe, cause my tongue looked like a sucker, one of them fish, blow up fish. Oh, what should I do? Well, eat more shrimp. <laughs> that's that's it. Now you have the Supreme Court of the United States telling us that no, the state of New York can continue to make people have the injections, even though they have religious they have religious problems with it. Supreme Court, this is um this is from Legal Insurrection. So here's what happened. It's the case um, D R A versus Kathy Holchel. Dr. A versus Kathy Holchel. She's the lady who replaced the disgraced Andrew Cuomo, who got old people killed in nursing homes and is also apparently uh, a perverted man. She's the new governor of New York, the dictator. Justice Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch would have granted this application to stay this order, but that's it. Not Kavanaugh, who we stood with. Not Amy Cody Barrett, the Great Hope the dis- not her. And, and no one expected John Roberts to. That's it. There's three conservatives. The dissent to this was authored by Neil Gorsuch, joined by Alito. And they, they, they the dissent doesn't matter <laughs> because it's been decided. Gorsuch found maybe the most telling evidence that New York's policy isn't nearly tailored lied in how unique it is. It seems that nearly every other state has found it can satisfy COVID-19 public health goals without coercing religious objectors to accept the vaccine. Well, except that's not what's going on, Neil. Other states, like the separate country of Washington, they they, they say, yeah, well, we see that you've got a compelling religious reason to not take the uh, injection and and we approve your religious exemption. However, we're unable to find any way to keep you in the workplace. We can't, we can't find an accommodation. So you have to leave, but we did approve your religious exemption, but you have to leave. They do the same thing with medical exemptions. We see that your doctor said the injections will kill you or may, might, might well kill you. We don't, we, we, we accept that. That's a medical waiver. However, there's no possible way we can have you in the workplace because you think for yourself and um, friends, that's what this is about. This is about crushing resistance. Now, to the point about Fauch, and then I want to get through, I want to get through the religious objections as I see it. And And I am not a pastor and I'm not a theologian and I'll probably be wrong about some of these things, but I want to give it a shot because I think my list is more exhaustive and comprehensive than things I've seen. So this is back in March of 2020. This is the Fouch. This isn't religious, but it goes to the heart of the lie about this. The heart of it. This is the Fouch, March of 2020, talking about the worst thing you could do. You have
1: safety, something that I wanna make sure the American public understand. It's not only safety when you inject somebody and they get maybe an idiosyncratic reaction, they get a little allergic reaction, they get pain. There's safety associated does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone. They get infected with what you're trying to protect them with. And you actually enhance the infection. You can get a good feel for that in animal models. So that's going to be interspersed at the same time that we're testing. We're going to try and make sure we don't have enhancement. It's so the worst possible thing you could do is vaccinate somebody to prevent infection and actually make them worse.
0: Well, you don't say. you don't say you didn't do any testing Tony Pfizer destroyed the control group Pfizer lied about how many people died you didn't do any testing when you don't have a control group Tony we have plenty of data showing that once people get injected with this stuff they can't develop immunities to SARS COV-2 they can't We've seen enough data from Ryan Cole's lab, Dr. Ryan Cole, to have a very good case to be made that by causing the body to produce a cytotoxic substance, the immune system begins attacking the body. People become (laughs) compromised. The rate of people who are in the hospitals with or from covid and have been injected. They've been lying about this for the past year by playing the numbers game, telescoping the numbers to their advantage. But long ago, it crossed over into most people have been injected. So when you get the virus post-injection, the virus has learned how to get around these leaky, stupidly designed, poorly designed injections that the own inventors said Uh, These don't stop infection or transmission, but uh, dang it, we're making a boatload of money off the American people. Plus, they take all the risk. (laughs) Sweet. Now, let's go to Fauci this week, talking to Mark Zuckerberg. And let us recall that Mark Zuckerberg was caught on video telling his staff that the problem with these injections is we don't know what it does to modify our DNA. He said the thing you would get cut off his platform for saying. This is Fauci this week. This would not be the
1: first time if it happened that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. One of the HIV vaccines that we tested several years ago actually made individuals more likely to get infected.
0: If you did, you hear this? It made individuals more likely to get infected. And during the AIDS crisis, that man saw to it that decent, useful therapeutics were suppressed. And what did he do? He reached out for a deeply dangerous drug, AZT or cocktail of drugs. The inventor of this thing wouldn't patent it because it was so dangerous. What do we have in hospitals? Remdesivir. What does it do? It puts people to death. (laughs) Not every time and not the majority of the time, but it's deeply dangerous. Now we have the United States Postal Service stopping shipments of ivermectin. So it's not a religious thing with that. But what does it go to? It goes to the party. The goal is not health care. If it was health care, none of this would be going on. If it was health care, when these injections killed 50 people, it would have stopped. The way it stopped with other actual vaccines. This is not about healthcare. And to Fauci's point, which he backs into because he's talking to Zuckerberg, and sometimes Fauci tells the truth. It's so bizarre. Sometimes he forgets the current grift. And how could he not? He's been grifting for 30 years. From the NHL <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> the Flames had to postpone their three-game. Oh, the Flames had their next three games postponed because six players and one staff member are in the NHL's COVID-19 protocol. They've all been injected. All of them have been injected, but they're now in this protocol. So the way is becoming more narrow. But there is good news in this. The way becoming narrow is good news. I'm speaking now theologically. Because it affords us the opportunity to say, do you see that clown, that grifter, that in my judgment, that man who has committed mass murder, Tony Fauci? Do you see him? Do you see the back and forth? Do you see them not wearing masks when the camera? They think the cameras are off. Do you see that they said two weeks to to to, to flatten the curve? Do you see that it's now two years? Do you see that this never ends? Do you see that it's now booster after booster? Do you see that there are kids eating outside in 32 degree weather when the parent, the teachers don't even have to wear the masks? Do you? You see, do you see this is what they're doing. They're lying in every possible capacity. Do you see? Come to the side that tells the truth. That's the good news. The good news on a temporal basis is this. When people stop they stop obeying. You know what the government does? They pretend to change their minds. When people stop obeying, the advisors the politicians say, Hey, if you don't lift these orders, you're going to lose the illusion of control. In North Idaho, people sort of obeyed this stuff, sort of, for two weeks. On the 15th day, North Idaho said, Nope, not doing it. And store after store and restaurant after restaurant opened, and people took the stupid woke masks off their mugs. Ninety-five percent of people never put them back on. That happened in North Idaho, and guess what? The 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 governor, a, a Democrat, this guy's Brad Little, had to do. Oh, uh, we're gonna lift the uh, we're gonna lift the mask mandates, uh, mask mandates. Why? Because people were not complying. And if he hadn't lifted the mask mandates, and people continued to not comply, guess what happens? People go. They can't do anything to us just like in the cities where the criminals have figured out they can do mass robberies, smash and grab, deal drugs and sex traffic and nothing will happen to them. They're criminals given to that behavior. We are not. But in Colorado. The governor there has caught on to the fact that, you know what, I'm losing the illusion of control. Only Fox News is reporting this, by the way. The rest of the networks don't want to touch
1: it. Our top goal is always to follow the science. And there was a time when there was no vaccine and masks were all we had and we needed to wear them. The truth is we now have Highly effective vaccines that work far better than that.
0: The emergency is
1: over. So, you know, public health doesn't get to tell people what to wear. I mean, that's, that's,
0: you know, that's just not their job. He, He went on to say that we don't tell people to wear coats when it's cold outside and then and then make put them in trouble if they don't. It's a pretty good statement, actually. No, the injections don't work. In my opinion, that governor is doing this because he knows he's going to lose the illusion of control. So how does one make a religious exemption that sticks? I'm not convinced the Supreme Court cares. In fact, I'm convinced they don't care. But just for fun and giggles, why don't we do a religious exemption thing that's comprehensive and in fact goes through step by step that it's not just about, well, I shouldn't say just about, that while abortion is central to it, it's not, it's not limited to that. I'll make that case. Yesterday, probably mean day before, this program was number 86 out of the entire Apple podcast world. 86. That's, I just want to do one thing is thank the Lord for that. 86 out of all the podcasts on Apple. And our friends at Peachtree Sound, Paul at Peachtree Sound, found that for me. And we had some problems with Spotify, and and I trust we'll go back up to the 30s and that. But in addition to thanking the Lord, I want to thank the Lord for bringing you to this program, for bringing us together, and for you sharing the program, because that is the way it's growing. If everybody who hears this shares it with 10 friends, we will dominate. And you want to, <laughs> you want to hear the left freaked out. Wait till they hear a talk show that, that that puts God at the center and doesn't have a single bit of, of fear about speaking about the Lord. And in fact, includes it in the program to the degree that we do. And furthermore, a guy in the mountains of Idaho, an exile, speaking from free America into occupied America like Washington State, they're not going to like that. So share it with 10 friends, please. That's the, And that's the way it's growing. So a friend of mine asked me, okay, what would you do for a religious exemption? And so I thought really deeply about this. Now, I want to preface this by saying, and I want to make sure that everybody digs this. There are really good, very godly pastors who see this differently. And I want to make sure everybody hears that and digs that. And you don't have to agree, but understand there's a lot of pastors who are looking at this saying, look, is it a salvation issue? And pastors are so busy and their lives are so packed when they're good pastors, they are constantly pastoring, ministering, one-to-one with people. So they don't have time to dig into some of the details we're going to talk about here. You can go to the ToddHermanshow.com. And if you just scroll down, you'll see this article. You can share that with your friends. You can also go to my Substack, ToddHermanshow.substack.com. No, you can go there and you can read it there, but I prefer that you go to the Todd Herman show that you can also share the podcast. You have the Todd Herman show or easier yet. Just go to the Todd Herman show.com and you can go through this. Now, if you are non-religious, just hear this. In this objection, if you're non-religious, I trust that listening to the program, you're a constitutionalist. Tell me if we don't meet sincere here. So let's start with this. The, my objection starts with the fact that as Christians, we are not to lie. Thou shalt not lie. Leviticus 1911. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. John 844. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Well, I didn't invent lie. Oh, sorry. I'm not saying Fauci's the devil so the lies number one the people who designed these injections admitted they're not vaccines and the agency that pushes them admits they don't function as vaccines okay here's the proof you got the Pfizer CEO calls the mRNA technology gene editing wants to use the technology to cure people born with a mistake in their DNA code there's a video of him saying it on my link You have then this, the Pfizer CEO calls it gene editing, exposes his belief in eugenics. Right there, there's a link. Bayer, chief executive, calls the mRNA shots gene therapy marketed as, quote, vaccines to gain public trust. In the video, the man says we never would have got people to take these things if we called them what they are, which is gene editing. And so, what these people said about the injections is borne out in the performance of them in application. They do not stop infection, and they may make things worse, as Fauci just said. Things do sometimes. Here's a link where Shell Wolinsky admits the mRNA injections don't stop transmission of the virus. Here's a link detailing the worldwide failure of the injections from Alex Berenson. Here's a link. People who got the injections were almost seven times more likely to get infected. Here's a link. A massive study, 100% of people who had COVID and recovered did not get it again. But in the smaller study, fully 70% of the people who got injected with the mRNA not only got infected again, they had a high enough viral load to actually shed virus on others. And it goes Deeper. They do very little to remove any risk. The absolute risk reduction is about 1.3% for AstraZeneca, 1.2% for Moderna, 1.2% for J&J, 0.93% for Grammar and 0.84% for Pfizer-BioNTech. That's absolute risk reduction. Lies. Proven lies. By the performance, just go to these links. Now, when they got confronted with this, here's the performance in the wild. Here's what it's actually doing in people's bodies. Did they come back and say, Well, remember, I had said in, in in March 2020, I I had I I, I I had made the statement that in fact um there is a possibility that this could occur.
1: Safety, something that I want to make sure the American public understand. It's not only safety when you inject somebody and they get Maybe an idiosyncratic reaction, they get a little allergic reaction, they get pain. There's safety associated. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone, they get infected with what you're
0: trying to protect them with, and you actually enhance the infection. So what we have is these lies. When we involve ourselves in this, we are promoting their lies. We are wearing their lies. We are putting their lies in our body. We are paying for their lies. We are funding their lies to go out to other people. We are teaching our kids to follow lies. It gets worse in my mind. So despite all these issues and the safety issues are profound, Despite all of that, now, as you know, the government wants 5 to 11-year-olds injected with this mRNA stuff, this gene therapy, this garbage. All right. Matthew 18.10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. I'd also point out that Jesus said those who put up a roadblock between heaven and these little ones are better off having a millstone put around their neck and being tossed into the ocean. So like making kids accept lies, turning kids into liars, Dr. Michael Yaden, expose.com, daily expose.com. Children are 50 times more likely to die from the injections than from the virus itself and the government's lying. Get the kids injected. One of the best articles I've ever read about this don't get kids injected. Don't vaccinate kids. Urgent message from Doctors Summit that's at Trial Site News. Retired British doctor tells the truth about the mRNA injections. Dr. Ross Jones, Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Surgery. She says, do not inject these kids. Another link, 12 to 17-year-olds have a 3.2 times greater chance of going to the hospital for an injection-associated adverse event than from COVID-19 itself. Quoting, so to put it simply, the Biden administration would plan to kill 5,248 children via Pfizer mRNA shots in order to save 45 children from dying from coronavirus. For every one child saved by the shot, another 117 would be killed by the shot. That from Michael Yeadon, the former chief science officer at Pfizer. You can go back through and back through and back through. NIH consultant for 30 years, Dr. Anthony Hilton, warns that healthy children must not get these injections. So lies upon lies, and now you're harming kids. You tell me that's not despising kids. How am I doing so far in religious objections? I haven't even gotten to abortion yet. If you believe the Bible, in my, in my mind, and again, I know there are wonderful pastors, godly men who disagree with me. I would love to discuss this with them because perhaps I'm wrong because gosh knows they know the Bible better than I do. Gosh knows it. All right. So what these gene therapies do is change what our bodies are designed to do. So just like the male body is not designed to have high levels of estrogen or the female body, high levels of testosterone, our bodies are not designed to produce Toxic spike proteins. That's not their design. Now you can put cocaine in the body, and there's a chemical reaction, and it's bad. You can you can pervert a a tobacco plant or a marijuana plant and make it extra extra potent, and it's bad. And you can add tar to it, and it's bad. And you can add nicotine to it, and it's bad. Consequently, our bodies are not designed to process these things. There's a reason. There's things that we don't eat. Our bodies don't process them. Did you know that if you're stuck in the wild, I didn't know this, but if you're stuck in the wild, do you know that if, if you, let's say that you're stuck in the wild and you're in the cold and all you could find to eat was rabbits, do you know that you'll die? You can't survive on rabbit alone. Did you know that? There's simply not enough fat in it. You'll, you'll, you'll go brain crazy and die. I didn't know that. I had to learn that from one of my survival shows. Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Quote, do you know that our bodies, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness let them have dominion over the flesh of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created a male and female he created them the same big pharma grifters who are going to little kids and saying let's use an off label drug called lupron let's stop your let's stop your puberty let you pretend to be a boy let's love you never get used to being a girl Let's, let's make sure you never have to go through the discomfort of puberty. We'll call it a disease. Instead, let's inject you with stuff that's going to lower your IQ point by 10 or so. That's going to give you bone density problems, heart problems, kidney problems, nervous system problems, lung problems. That's going to require you to spend your life addicted to these drugs to keep up the illusion. They're the same ones saying stick this stuff in kids. We can go right through the proof. Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA as a carriage system for medicine, says the spike proteins the mRNA injection causes the body to make are cytotoxic. They're poisonous to cells. You have Alex Berenson writing about what happens with these injections, writing about they stop the DNA from repairing itself. The design of the body is that when there's errant code in the body, that God's design is there are proteins There are DNA strands of protein that go and correct the code. It's like a spell check for our bodies. There are studies that show, not guess, not model, that show that the mRNA injections kill those cells. God made us complete with immune systems and the party is lying about them. They're changing the function of the body created in the image of God itself. How are we doing on the religious objection? Am I sincere? And incidentally, who cares if it's narrowly tailored Supreme Court? Who cares? If I was to found a business and say, I will not let a black man in, just one black man. you going to come to me and say, that's okay. Why aren't you letting him in? Because he's black. Are you letting other black people? Yes, but not him. Why? Because he's particularly black. He's really, really black. Is it the shade of his skin? Yeah. Plus his attitude. He's got a black attitude. Know, I'm, I'm not letting him in. But it's look. It's narrowly tailored. You think I'd survive that? No. I'd be shut down. And 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 uh, uh, it's racism, which is hating thy neighbor. So again, they ignore all of this, and they keep pushing, keep forcing people to choose between the dignity of work and injections that are not vaccines. So, they are now going to employers and saying, you will force people to get injected. Guess what? The Lord Jesus spoke about dealing fairly with our employees. Ephesians 6, 6, verse 9. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. There is no favoritism with him. Colossians 4. Verse 1, masters grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Leviticus 19, verse 13, you shall not oppress your neighbors nor rob him. The wages of a higher man are not to remain with you all night until morning. What is the government forcing? They're forcing employers to do this. Even when people have natural immunity, which is, by the way, there's now over 150 studies that show that naturally acquired immunity is far superior to the fake temporary pseudo protection from these injections. Then we get to this. "Doubt shalt not murder. Every one of these drugs somehow used aborted fetal cells or tissue. You could even go back and identify the teen girl who was responsible for some of these cells. She had a name. The same government. (laughs) The same, now it's not the same court because Roberts and those guys weren't there yet. The same Supreme Court... Who said in the interstate commerce ruling, I learned about this from Mark Levin in his great, great book called uh, Men in Black Robes. Just such a brilliant book. And the great one pointed out that when the government wanted to expand its reach, it went to the interstate commerce clause. And a farmer had said, you know what? I don't want to deal with the feds. And I believe the farmer was in Iowa. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to sell my wheat my corn, my my crops anywhere outside of the state of Iowa because I don't want I don't want to be involved with the feds. So I'm going to be Iowa only. The Supreme Court said not engaging in interstate commerce means you're engaging in interstate commerce. <laughs> the decision to not engage To not engage in commerce is engaging in commerce. (laughs) Try that. Try that in any other setting. In any other setting, it falls apart. So God's ripped the curtain again, hasn't He? The Temple DC, the Temple Supreme Court, they're flawed forced and flawed in my judgment Roberts is completely compromised Fauci is a grifting in my judgment his policies have been murderous and Biden's not even there they've ripped the curtain the nakedness to see the naked emperors our job reacquaint people with the source of truth our job to point out, anytime you depart from biblical teaching, bio, in, in a biological sense, bad things occur. Anytime. The Bible is wrapped up into our biology. Try it. Go sleep around. What, what sort of STDs do you get? What's the party doing with that? They're normalizing it. Big Pharma is celebrating it. Planned Parenthood says, shout your STD, baby. Be proud of it. It's our opportunity to say to our friends and neighbors, Do you know how conned you have been? How unbelievably conned you've been. Let us help you be unconned. Let's give you back your actual source of truth and light. That's our responsibility, it's our opportunity. And they're just making it easier with all of this. If you are in a business, a small business, medium-sized business and you need to enhance your digital presence, um really go to greenhaveninteractive.com, simply talk to Dave the digital. Um Dave in super short notice put together everything for us. He works tirelessly. All day I watch, well, you know, I don't want, well, I mean, I, I do work too, but he and Julie, Julie, does social for us work, work very, very tirelessly. You'll see, she's always responding to things when I can't on Twitter uh, or on other these social platforms. Greenhaven interactive does this. They make your business easy to find. They, in fact, then once they make it easy to find, they'll track who is it that comes to your website and turns into not just shoppers, but buyers. And then they'll reverse the process. Okay, here's what buyers look like. Let's go find more of them. And by the way, Dave is a Christian conservative man. And he is very proud, not that proud because God abhors the pride. He's very happy to admit that. Loves it. Not ashamed of it a bit. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. To the emails. And man, I just so thankful for these. Maggie from Roan Mountain, Tennessee. Uh, no, Todd. Oh, this is from yesterday's show. We talked about, or the, what was it? The day before. We talked about are people, are, do evil people know they're evil? And I forgot to pull this sound. Oh, dang it. I forgot to pull it again. There's a great moment from The Walking Dead, which is number one, violence porn. And it it is. But number two, man, it presents some interesting scenarios for what sort of world you'd create if you could build the world again from scratch. In their case, minus God. It's not going to work, but that's okay. There was this great scene where some of the people who work for the bad guy, Negan, said to some of the people who work for the good guy, the ostensible good guy, Rick, they said, you know what? You're always the bad guy in someone else's story. Potent. So we were talking about, do evil people know they're evil? Does Nancy Pelosi, I believe she's evil. I I do believe she's evil. Does she know it? Because there's other people who are evil and don't know it, or they've conned themselves out of it. Maggie responded to that. Maggie from Roan Mountain, Tennessee. No, Todd, the bad guys don't know they're evil. Romans 128, it says, God gives people over to their sinful desires and turns them over to a reprobate mind where they cannot tell good from evil. Just helping you. Love, love, love the show. I look forward to it every day. Love the biblical applications as well. That's the best part. Thank you, Maggie. I looked up Roan Mountain, Tennessee. I want to come down. I mean, I live in I live in free America, the mountains thereof, but man, I'd like to visit Roan Mountain, Tennessee. Maybe maybe one day I get to do that. Julie, do evil people know they're evil? I don't believe they do. They're the tools of the devil. Until they place their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, the scales remain over their eyes, and they'll be blinded to the truth. They probably actually think they're doing good, except for Pelosi, the squad, Soros, and their ilk. I think many of them have sold their souls to power and money and know exactly what they're doing. Hugs! I like it when people lend the note that's just very, very dark with hugs. I'm kidding you, Julia. I'm the hug's back to you. There are people who know. There, and, and look, you've heard this story countless times about Tony Iommi in our internet radio studio saying to Armplay to Kurt, no, mate, that was not a bit. We actually did sell our souls to the devil. We were not lying. It wasn't an act. We really did that. And if Kurt in the studio just going like... You're a you're a demon. He didn't say that, but you're a demon. The yeah, you listen to the music. <laughs> Bizarre moment. That was truthful, I think. So there are people who know. Mike. Good morning, Todd. Mike Knight of Bothell here. Just wanted to send you a note of encouragement, brother. Your podcasts are really improving and falling into place nicely. Kudos for having Zach Abraham on the show. The Lord has given you the platform to reach many souls, many of whom are lost and need Jesus as their savior. They need to know the truth. Keep turning the lights on into the darkness. God bless. And thank you. This is great to see people making it over from the radio show. And I know there's a whole lot of you there. In fact, what am I saying? Everybody, no, no one came to the show just to the podcast first, but you can share it with people. And I so appreciate that. Rick Reddy from Goldendale. Good morning. My compliments to you on your evil people segment. I just listened to it. Curious if there's a way to listen to your live show. Are you uploading your segments and not doing a live feed with your current production settings? Can't say I listen daily, but I enjoy your message when I do tune into your show. Merry Christmas and may your listeners follow you to the world of exile. Rick Reddy, Goldendale, Washington. Number one, Rick, I had one of the most disappointing evenings of my entire life in Goldendale, Washington, which is a beautiful community, not your fault. Way back before I met my lovely wife, way back in the day, I was in love. I thought I knew what that meant. I didn't with a young woman and we were friends in her mind. I was friend zoned and she called me, Seattle. Hey, 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 come down to Goldendale. That's where I live. Really? Yeah, we're having a party. Come down. But I live in Seattle and you live in Goldendale. And that's like a four and a half hour drive. Ah, come on. It'd be great to see you. Well, I'm there. Drove to Goldendale, showed up at her house, had my guitars because, you know, I'm going to sing songs for her. Walk in. It's so good to see you. Oh, my gosh. So good to see you. And then she says, and this is my friend, Kelly. Hi. Hi, I'm Kelly. Kelly. Oh. <laughs> and by the way, no offense to Kelly at all. Crazy thing is I didn't even process what she looked like. I, I didn't talk to her. I, oh. Oh, wow. The four hour drive to the redirect. Now, just because I got arrested that night. In a really stupid exhibition of acceleration. I didn't even, I didn't even break traction. It's a long story. The cop was incredibly nice. It was a misunderstanding out of a traffic court in Spokane and being in jail taught me a great lesson. I don't like jail. So no offense to Goldendale. Now to your question, Rick Reddy, are we going to do the show live? Yes. This will be part of the subscription program. We'll do two shows a week live. It will involve live Chats, we're probably going to be using an app that will allow people to call in so we can actually do phone calls and talk to one another. We may do that on screen. We may do that through Zoom or some of these other apps. Yes, that's going to be part of the subscription stuff. First thing is for me to get to the show to a point where I feel happy with it because it's not fully the radio show yet and it's a podcast, but I want it to feel more. I kind of want it to feel more like the radio show in a way, but now with God at the center of it. So that's the plan. Last note, Deborah, dear Todd, I hope this doesn't come across weird, but you are a substitute father for me. My dad left her home when I was nine years old and never returned. I got an occasional Christmas card and sometimes a birthday card. My mom never criticized my father. She simply said he wasn't able to be a father. She didn't need to criticize him because my heart did all of that. I struggled to feel like I was worth something. I struggled to feel that for most of my life. And at the age of 36, I can say that that struggle is largely over. I have a husband who is an incredibly devoted father. He is a well-devoted husband. He's a brave man and he's a funny man. And those two qualities are rare. I also have a father in heaven. And that's what changed life for me. It's how I met this brave man who is my husband. But you, and again, no offense, being a little bit older, act a bit as a substitute father for me. I think it's because you speak harsh truths. I think it's because sometimes when I listen to you, I feel a little bit convicted as if my father has called me out on things. And you do that with grace and humility. And I've got to believe that God did that to you because it seems to me When I used to listen to you, you were far less humble. Again, no offense. I just want to tell the truth. I think dads do grow and change. And when Rush Limbaugh died, I think he became my substitute substitute father. I can't imagine what that would feel like to have someone you don't know say that. And I hope it's not off-putting, but there it is. I never thought I'd write this to a talk show host. Now I have, and maybe I shouldn't be embarrassed, but I'm not. On behalf of my husband, who also loves your program, I remain yours in Christ. Deborah, from Wilmington, Delaware. Wow. Is my response. You also, Deborah, inspired me to do a music review before we wrap up this episode with a personal note. So I'm going to dedicate a music review to my Kind of daughter person. Deborah. <laughs> I'm not qualified for any of that. Reminder that you can write to us at the toddhermanshow.com. I, I read every email. I'm doing my best to respond to as many as I can. You can also follow us on Twitter at Toddy Herman. Jack Dorsey's. Jack Dorsey's hate machine. I've become someone who I just, my daughter said the other day, um, is dad becoming that
1: guy from the Simpsons? the the neighbor, the
0: overly Christian neighbor, the Ned Flanders. <laughs> I think I'm becoming Ned Flanders. I don't say doodly. Howdy doodly, neighborly? I don't well, sometimes, not often. but I find myself this guy in traffic, I have either podcasts on through Bluetooth in the truck, or I have Christian radio cranked. (laughs) This unrecognizable, and I love it. And what God has done, I'm sitting at traffic lights, and I'm I'm listening to Christian music, and how can I be screaming at the traffic light? Because that stuff's on. I heard a conversation with a young woman who explained divorce in a way I have never heard before. And you know what was fascinating? She's not a very good speaker. I hate to say that. She's not. She is clipped in her sentences, uneasy in her approach, anxious sounding, um, not relaxed, unclear, and maybe new at this. And so I listened with some trepidation to to the interview, but then I remembered something, that there are people who communicate in different ways. And maybe it's me at this age, but maybe what I like about this song is called One Heart, Two Homes is I love the layering of the acoustic guitars. And you know what? That's the oldest trick in music production. You record the acoustic guitars like five times. You get the shimmer shangle. I love the doubling of the vocals and the little bit of the light piano in it. And I just love the lyrics. But more importantly, I love the sincerity from which it's sang. because when I listen to her tell her story, after I listen to the song... I rethought her approach. I don't think she's a poor speaker. I think she's a great speaker because I think, as I listen to this song, that the story is still raw to her. And that's a skill that we need to bring back to songwriting. Rachel Nemeroff, One Heart, Two Homes.
1: to do when my mother's heart broke, cold, I know, words flung like stones, I've got some scars, I'm still trying to outgrow.
0: day my parents loved me and then they didn't. I went through a period of time where, on this personal note, I have never told this story on the air. I'm a little bit worried about telling it now because I worry that it will disrespect my wife, but it happened before I knew my wife. I went through a period of time where I didn't date. I didn't have I couldn't. I was too broken. And that's probably not a story I'll tell in the air because it's not mine. I was the least important person in that equation. And frankly, in that case, if I'd done something, I'd tell you I didn't do anything. Something got done to me. Something I've forgiven. So I went through a period of time where I didn't date at all. And I met a young woman. Uh, Who maybe wasn't as honest with me as she could have been about the state of her mm, dissolving marriage. Dissolving. And she had a couple kids. And this was before I really knew God. And we dated. And her kids. One day came to me, we were sitting there in the front room, and I remember her, one of her little girls, her her older girl walked out of the bedroom and she looked at me like, what are you doing? Why are you here? Where's my dad? Well, there were two dads involved in that. And listen, I'm not judging my friend. (laughs) I'm not. I mean, I didn't know then what I know now about the struggles that she had in her life and the changes she's made. And goodness gracious, the changes she's made. God is so good. I remember talking to the little ones about your dad loves you. And your father wants to be around you. And I knew that because she told me that, you know, they were going to have custody battles and, But as I sat there, I thought, I do not belong in this equation. And yet, the fear of being alone and the sin issue, I stayed involved. She broke it off and she was right to do that. But I never got a chance to say to those girls, I'm really sorry. I had no business there. And even the kindness, even they did in fact like me because I love kids. And I believe I was emotionally supportive because I was raised around a social worker and a teacher. But even then, who are you? And they had every right to be angry. And I kind of feel like I should call them, find them and say, maybe you should be angry with me and maybe ask for forgiveness. Would you? If you're one of those people who never made any mistakes when you're young, maybe you don't have any need for that. I do wonder about it. Ah, it's something that can be cleaned up. God could do that. Second hour of the podcast. Uh, things are going to get a little bit rough. A little bit hardcore on crime. We'll get to that coming up. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.